Good morning. All right. Um, so I'm going to wrap up this summer series on abundance today. And um, we started early on talking about um, Jesus' words from the John 10, 10, where he said, I, I've come to give you an abundant life. And it's the context of him being a, like a shepherd watching over his sheep. And I just want to say this as, as we sort of close this. Some of you are going to listen to all of these messages and not change. You just, because it's like, that's just how some, you, you've wired yourself, and I'll give you a chance, but you've wired yourself to say, nope, my life is about little, my life is about lack, I'm going to stay bitter, I'm going to stay upset, I'm going to be worried when other people succeed. And you know what happens is, you, you see this all the time. The other day somebody came up to me and they were worried about somebody that was successful on TV and this and that. And it's like they want people to fall. Have you seen this in, in, in your circles? And if you find yourself around those people, get away from them. Why, why do you, think about it, why do you need anyone to fall? Why do you need anyone to get less of anything? The only reason, that, think carefully, is if you believe the universe or God is limited, that there's a limited amount. And so your, your belief system says that person got something, they got some of what? Mine. But if you change and you change and start to believe that the universe is not limited but abundant and God is big and God is abundant, then all of a sudden, right, you don't feel any sense of lack or jealousy or worry. If other people succeed, what do you do? You're way to go. I'm so happy for them, right? And But that's not what you find in a lot of culture. You find people, and because a lot of people have been programmed. So here's what I'm doing as the, as the thing I'm trying to land this plane. I'm going to try to ask you to actually change. Like not just come to one more session, but say, you know what? I caught myself. I caught myself being upset at that person's success. I caught myself questioning what they did and how they got there. And I caught myself questioning this. And instead, you say, you know what? There, is, there are, we use the, the illustration of the toys in the toy chest. There are so many more toys to play with. We don't need to worry, clutch, grab, and all the other negative emotions that happen. So we're, we talked about during the summer was moving from really fear-based living, which is connected to the mindset of lack, to abundance living, which is loaded in the scriptures, by the way. It's laced with the concept of abundance. Do you remember this? In, in the Old Testament, it talks about when you plow your fields, what are you supposed to do? Gather up the crops, but leave a little bit what? Around the edges. Leave the corners, it says. Why? Because you got enough. And then the people that don't have can do what? They can come behind and they can scoop up what is extra, what's left over. The idea is always extra or abundance. And you and I, if we get a mindset of abundance, it will work for us to leave corners or margin, right? Around. Anybody ever been running a little thin on margin? 
for financial margin, time, how many time margin, right? And, and you don't have, I don't think that's the rhythm that God created the universe in. If, so if we think, if we operate in lack, who created that? God or what? Us. Do, or was it us that tried to jam 29 extra things in the schedule, right? And now we're always stressed and we're always behind. And we're, Is that God or is that us? So the question is, has God created a universe of lack or has he created a universe of abundance? Do any, any amount of work, and what you'll find out is the universe that we live in is ridiculously abundant. And every time people try to scare us into thinking lack, they discover a new technology, right? I'm going to go visit my grandma today. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's not that long ago, right? My grandma grew up on a, what? Farm, right? She grew up on a farm where... In the Depression, you went out, and if you wanted to eat, you had to go and grow things to eat, and then there were animals, and you had to take the animals, and that's how she grew up, right? She's 95. And today, the idea, like, all of us, we don't know anything about that, right? It's only two generations away. I know nothing about that. Um, I like to hear stories. I'll ask her stories. She'll tell me stories. Now, less than 2%, right, less than 2% of America are farmers. And so when we started losing the farming jobs, right, people panicked. They had a sense of lack. Oh no, oh no, what are we going to do? Now we can't imagine the concept of farming. Go figure. Is it because there's a lack of things to grow? There's a lack of, no, there is no lack. People have tried. There was a guy in the 60s that wrote a book about the the population explosion and why in 1965 a billion people were going to die from hunger. He sold a boatload of books and it never happened. Why? Because people easily buy into scarcity mindsets. It just creates fear and a panic in people and they buy into it. So Jesus comes and what does he do? He does the opposite. He says, you feed all these people. The disciples say, we don't have enough. He takes it and he, what? Multiplies it. And there's plenty and there's stuff not only for them, but there is extra. There is leftover. Maybe you know the story of Ruth in the scriptures. Ruth is a a young single girl who's... uh, kind of alone, and she's in a foreign land, and she's, she decides to uh, stay with her mother-in-law. And so the only way she can survive is to take advantage of this, this particular practice, which was go and glean the extra, get what it, whatever is sort of left behind in the fields. And she goes out to glean in the fields, and what she finds is as she's gleaning in the fields, that she finds that the, the guy who owns the fields has, uh, has a disposition of favor towards her. So he tells the guys not only to make her go and find it difficult, but to just actually leave a few things down there. Anybody with me? This is what, this is what my dad used to do for us. He used to make us work, but he always... He always dropped thing. Do you know what I mean? Like he made it so we could make more money than we should have. 
Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like a father's favor. So he wanted me to learn. He wanted me to put, actually, you know, wrench on things or drive things or knock over things with the forklift or all the things that I did. But it, he always made sure that it worked out for me. He had a, it was a father's favor. How many are with me? So Boaz comes along and he makes sure that it's easy for Ruth to get all this grain. And then she takes it to her mother-in-law and it says she gives the, her extra to her mother-in-law and then they have leftovers. What's the concept? Leftovers provide leftovers. Extra provides extra provides extra. It's one of two, look, it's one of two completely different ways of thinking about life and God and the universe. There isn't enough. These are all the uptight people. These are the angry people. This is the angry slice of you, right? This is the uptight slice of you. Or there is the, the universe is abundant. If I lost that job, I will get another job. If I lost that relationship, I will have a better relationship. If this door closed, another door is going to open. There isn't lack. So there's no need to panic or worry or fight or fear. And so Ruth... Ready? Immediately becomes a person who's not just receiving, but now is what? Giving. She is in what I call the flow. When you get it, right, you're in the flow. Jesus said, here's how Jesus described the flow. Freely you've received, what? Freely you give. Paul started interacting with churches later on, and evidently he sensed some people were not in the flow. And Paul goes, wait a minute, wait a minute. Don't ever give a gift grudgingly. Grudgingly. Why? Because if you're giving grudgingly, you missed it. You, you, what you're thinking is, I have to do this. I have to do this so God will be happy. I have to do this so I, I'll get this off my conscience. I have to. You've completely missed what it's about. Completely. If it doesn't just flow joyfully, this is, the, is actually the word hilariously. It's the Greek word that we get our word hilarious from. Hilarious giving is like, this is hilarious right? It comes so freely to me. I can what? Give it freely. When you're in the flow, you realize God has given to you and you are, you are freely to give and it will just keep coming around. When you're out of the flow, when you're out of the flow, you're holding on, you're clutching, you're upset. And this is what, this is what starts to happen. You give, but it's only grudgingly. It takes guilt, it takes manipulation, and God basically says, keep it. You've missed what it's all about. Over and over again, it says, does God have need? No. You don't give anything for God's need. You give because you've, you've received freely. Here's the basic shift. Philippians. Paul said it this way. Um, God will meet all of your needs according to what? His riches, right? Not your riches, but whose? So here, here's the fundamental shift. A lot of people, how they approach their life is, well, I'm, I can't because I don't have enough education or I'm not smart enough or I wasn't given this opportunity or my boss is this, right? And we point to all of the lack, all the limiting things. And you hear these things all the time. It's the economy. It's, and what this does, what Paul does is he shifts the focus. Your boss is not your source. General Motors is not your source, right? 
the president is not your source. Congress is not your source. I know this is tough for some of you because you believe this deep in your bones. And you should become a Christian. Some of you, like, while you're here, you might as well just become a Christian. In other words, like, start following Christ. No, because some of you, you're capitalist, but you're not Christian. You should try it. It's trusting in Christ. What an idea. It's tr- no, it's trust. I don't trust in the, you know, the government. It doesn't trust in the, in the Republicans or the Democrats. It's, tr- it's, it's a complete shift of source. Think, think. God will supply all of your need according to whose riches? His. How rich is God? How well off? The shift, when this shift happens, something will click in your brain, in your gut, in your soul, and all of a sudden, everything about, this is deep, everything about you will change. Your worry will go... Which was why, look, which was why for some of you, until that shift happens, you still worry, even though Jesus told you not to, right? You say, I'm a Jesus follower, but I like to worry. (laughs) Well, then he told you not to. Think, because the first shift hasn't happened. He could say all these things, which if the shift hasn't happened, if the shift hasn't happened, they seem impossible. Forgiving people seems impossible, Right? Not worrying seems impossible. All the Sermon on the Mount is impossible. But if the shift happens, right? If the shift happens, you start to see the universe different and you start to relax. Everybody smile. Huh? When's the last time you turned on the news and they said, everybody just relax. It's a good day. Huh? Think about it. Just relax, man. There's so many fish in the sea. Huh? There's so many birds in the air. It's not what you're told. You're being programmed. Listen, you're being programmed to be, to be afraid, to lack. And it, it creates angst amongst people. And it causes all the worst emotions in us. If the shift happens, the shift is according to his riches, not according to mine or my bosses or General Motor or any other organization or man-made institution, but according to his riches, he will provide for all your needs. Now stay with me. The shift means going past your mind and into your heart, spirit. You grew up, we talked about this before, you grew up calculating and counting, and you were taught to, and that was good. And it got you through math class, and some of you, it got you through college, and some of you, it got you a good job, and I'm all for doing math. I do it every single day. But look, this is beyond the math. This is a different level. This is faith. And what we're here learning about is something that's beyond what you think in your mind because your mind is limited. Stay with me. There's stuff that you know and you feel down here, right? And that is when you're in touch with God, which is far greater than any human system. You watch the news with your mind. You watch the news with your brain. But in your heart, you know, God, there's something deeper, richer, bigger. First Corinthians. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, 
and no human mind has conceived. The smartest person in this room, the most thinking person on this planet, has not wrapped their brain around this thing. Ready? What God has prepared for you. Think about it. Think about your little kids. You know, you remember your little kids growing up? Or maybe you still haven't? They can't conceive of what you're doing for them. They can't, they can't grasp it. You and I can't grasp what God is preparing for us. And if your mind is like, nope, there's only a little bit, and we've got to kind of fight over it, then all of a sudden your world just shrinks just like this. It says, but the next verse says, but God is revealed by his spirit. So in, if your spirit is open, this is big, right? Come on, stop just attending church, please. This is big. No, no, if you get it, it's huge. It's game, it's game, it's game changer. Open your spirit. Because why, I mean, why do you want me up here telling you the same stuff that you, you hear on the news every night? You can just watch the news. Don't you want hope? Don't you want faith? Don't you want something down, way down in your gut that says, there's got to be something bigger and more that God has prepared for me. And if you make this fundamental shift, Jesus said it this way, it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Huh? Is God hesitant to give you anything? No. The big shift happens when you start to realize there's so much more than we could ever use or spend. Or, all right, how many have ever gone to the all-you-can-eat buffet? <laughs> well, now I'm reaching a few of you. All right, well, I was struggling for 10 minutes there. Who's been? Huh? Just keeps rotating around. Like, they just bring it around. It just keeps coming and coming. And when I was a kid in Flint, we used to save up our money to go there. And you know, I mean, like, I think I made two pilgrimages to the all-you-can-eat buffet, right? The idea that you could eat and be completely full and it would just keep coming and coming and coming. It was this amazing concept as a kid, right? Either, ready? Either the universe that God made is barely getting by, right? How many of you have a family to feed? You got mouths to feed. You got... Things. Think about it. God the Father wakes up this morning. I got eight billion of them. How are we going to do this? Is there panic? No. He created this system where there's so much. And if we got into that mindset, which he, he actually called the kingdom, then once we understand that, all of a sudden, we, we realize we're like, we're at the all-you-can-eat buffet. We don't need to panic. It'll, it'll come back around on that little ho-ho that you missed. Anybody with me? You, you ever see little kids when they get some candy and they got to they gotta clutch it and start putting it in their pockets and stuff because they're worried it's going to go away fast? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? This is how a lot of us live our lives. And what you got to know is the ho-ho is going to come back around. Don't worry about it. There's another one. It'll come back. It'll circle back. In, in uh, 2 Corinthians, Paul's talked about, every, this is important, everybody has extra at some point in their life. If, you, right now you have extra time. Right now you have extra love. Right now you have extra money. Right now you have extra this. 
Everybody has extra. And so what it, what it is is we work together, and your, your extra supplies my need. My extra supplies your need. Your extra supplies that person's need. But when, this is when it breaks down, when people stop. When they clutch, when they grab on, they say, I'm not giving that, I'm not giving that person my love. They have to earn it. So, well, that person has to earn your love. And Jesus said, that's not the way the system works. Your grandma gave you some love, undeserved. You just go off of that. Are you with me? But what the human system has taught us is like, no, you make that person earn it. You make that person say they're sorry or do whatever. Or it's like, I'm not, they have to deserve it, but you didn't deserve, right? How many, how many fell in love with your baby like the minute, the minute they arrived and you just poured stupid amounts of love? And they, what did they do? Made a mess? Deserve? Where do we get these ideas of deserve? It's not how the universe works that God created. He's got so much love poured on me by my grandma, my mom, my dad, right? All the time I'm messing up, screwing up, breaking things. Anybody? It's not about looking at the people there and say, well, I'm going to wait till someone deserves it. You just keep the flow going. Are you with me? You just keep the flow going. Say, I'm not kind of count. Oh, count how much, they were, well, how much did my mom love me? How much should I be nice to them? You just, you just stay in the flow. It'll just keep coming back around. According to God's riches. And it says, God has all of this in store in store for you. Think about it. Storage. It's like God's got like a storage closet just of stuff to give you. Don't think of stuff just in material terms, but of course he can make material out of anything because he's God. If it's whatever you're lacking, whatever you're struggling with, whatever's hurting your life, you got to know that God has plenty in store. There's not a lack If you make this shift, listen very carefully. If you make this shift, everything about your life will start to move in a a completely different direction. God who created abundance, God who created more than enough is so happy to give it to you, but what you have to do and I have to do is operate with faith, right? Not fear, and stay in the constant flow. Ruth grabs her bundle. She takes it to her mother-in-law. And her mother-in-law was, it says, like shocked at how much she had gathered. And she says, where, where did you glean today? Where did you work Blessed is the man who took notice of you, right? And, and Ruth says, well, his name was Boaz, right? And look, Naomi says to her, the Lord bless him. Now, how many know what Naomi's name means? This is so important, right? What Naomi had to make a decision was, was she going to follow in the path of block and bitterness, and holding on. Stuff happens to you in life. 
Naomi lost her husband. She lost her, her children. And she had to make a decision. And every person in this room will have to make this decision at some point in your life. Am I going to shut it down? Am I going to step out of the flow because I lost my job or because somebody said something bad about me or because this particular thing happened to me and I'm going to go to blaming and bitterness and anger and all of that stuff? Or it happens. It happens to every single one of us. You say, you know what? I'm going to stay in the flow because God is good and he's going to repay. God's going to pay back, right? God has arranged for you There isn't a parent in this room. There isn't a parent in this room that hasn't arranged in their mind good things for their kids. Am I right? I want good things for them. I want good things for them. Why would you think God hasn't arranged good things for you? The question is, does God have the ability to deliver? And if you don't have faith, then you don't think that God can deliver. But if you do have faith, you say, you know what? I'm going to hold on. So here's what I want to ask you to do as we close this series on abundance. Um, I, want you to, I want you to meditate on this. When Jesus said, right? So the idea is here we're like following Jesus or Christians or so. He's got to have something to do with. He says, I came to give you an abundant life. What does that mean? And, and if you start to dwell on it and you start to think about it, about it, you start to realize this goes all the way back, all the way back in his roots and his teaching where he taught, where, where the, the Israelites were taught, God's, God's blessings will chase you down. I'm busy giving, ready? Caring, loving, staying in the flow. God's blessings are just going to chase me down. Or, Ready? I step out of the flow. I'm mad at this person. I'm mad that I lost this job or I'm mad about whatever. And now I'm shutting down. I'm not going to forgive. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be upset. I'm going to worry, right? I step away from this flow and I put my attention on this person or my boss who didn't give me a raise. Is anybody with me? We've all done it. Just come on, work with me here. And you say, this is my source. You stop the flow. You step back in here, and the flow is like, God's my source. He'll wake up, right? God's my source. My boss will get it at some point. It doesn't matter. I'll keep doing the right thing, and I'm going to keep luck. Well, this person did something mean to me, so I'm going to do something mean to this person. Out of the flow. The flow is freely you've received. What? Freely. Hey. Be honest as we close. You've wondered about some of Jesus' teachings. Because so have I. Because they seem too, what? Unrealistic. Honestly, really, do you, do you love your enemies? That's kind of stupid. No, let's be honest. Let's be honest for a minute. Let's be transparent. It, it, it just means we haven't connected to that flow all the way. Because what, why, what do I need to get from my enemy? You know, it's like, well, I want to get my money back or I want to get my reputation back. There's something inside you that wants to get something back. But when you completely disconnect from the idea of lack, when you connect to the idea of abundance, you're at the all-you-can-eat buffet, bro. Let him have the cake. Is anybody with me? No, you're not with me. Look up here. 
If somebody steals your mac and cheese at the all-you-can-eat buffet, you do what? You bless them. Did I simplify Jesus for you today? We're eating at an all-you-can-eat buffet. If they want the mac and cheese, let them have it. There's more mac and cheese coming around. Here it comes. And you, when this, ha- I'm telling you, when this happens, then you can. You go, yeah, God bless them. There'll be more. Hmm? Not easy, right? Not, not simple. But when you do, all of a sudden you're like, I bet he does have more mac and cheese back there. Huh? God has more jobs. God has more opportunities. God, you just name whatever the mac and cheese is that you're fighting over right now. He has it. And, and so the, the, the meditation, the close, what I want to do, this is, it's just so important because I don't, I don't want to do a whole series and people go, oh, that was, but not change. Because some of you are just going to like still grab and you're still mad and you're still, right? And you say, no, I'm going to trust. Faith is trusting. There's more mac and cheese in the back.